And Zach, I'm ready to um, close this out with the take for 99 that we have right here. And for those of y'all who are new to the show, we have a take that we have on our minds that we get to spit out right here. And we get to respond to each other's take. And it could be any take from all of sports. And we get to spit it out right now. So, Zach, I'm actually going to pass over the rock for you to begin. And then I'll bring us home. Yeah, well, looking forward to this one. It's funny because a lot of what we just spoke about on the previous segment, talking about the Giants and Bills, it kind of segues nicely into my take for 99, which is the following. I'm going to hit on a game that was a standalone island game that I think everyone got the chance to see. I know it was early on Sunday morning, but I wanted to talk about the Ravens and the Titans in London. And my take for 99 is that I think Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level right now, but his surrounding cast is letting him down in the process. And I'll explain what I mean. I think when I look at this Ravens team, first of all, what Lamar Jackson did in the first half of that game on Sunday was really impressive. He was just torching the Titans left and right. The Ravens were moving the ball down the field with ease. And kind of like Buffalo, they're going through a transition with a new coordinator. I know Dorsey, this is his second year, and Todd Munkin just got there. But it felt like to me at many times throughout that game, Baltimore was just forcing themselves to run the ball. And it was clear against Mike Vrabel's uh, defensive front, that wasn't going to work. And the Titans secondary, it's not very good. Lamar was torching them throughout the game. I just felt like they needed to let Lamar cook and let him throw the football. But their play calling was just so basic. You know, first down run second down run to Gus Edwards and Tennessee was reading it the whole way. And then we know what happened two weeks ago against Pittsburgh. I thought Lamar played pretty well in that game outside of that uh, interception late, but his wide receivers were letting him down in a big way with just drops after drop after drop. And in this game, you know, Mark Andrews had a couple nice plays. Zay Flowers, he scored his first career touchdown in Baltimore. They were able to lead with a victory. I just feel like if you put Lamar on a team with better weapons or, you know, I love Coach Harbaugh, there aren't many better, but when you look at this Ravens team and the surrounding cast, like the, the play calling has not been great. I just think if you put a better play caller and better weapons around Lamar Jackson, that team's ceiling would be huge. And I think for the Ravens, it gives you hope. Like it's still early on in the season. You could fix that. But I just think that Lamar Jackson and how well he's been playing hasn't necessarily translated to the stat sheet because his surrounding cast is letting him down. Definitely. I agree. I think that Lamar Jackson has, for the most part, played good football this year. And, you know, guys are dropping passes. We saw that against the Steelers. I still don't know if they have a bona fide number one option at wide receiver. You know, I don't think Zay Jones or, excuse me, Zay Flowers, you know, is meant to be a guy that is your alpha you know i think he's a guy that you know i mean the way how they're using him is like he's a gadget guy and he has a prototypical size to be a gadget guy five nine i just think that these guys are going to have to help lamar jackson out more and we know lamar jackson does have his tendencies to throw costly four quarter interceptions and we saw that against the titans the titans wasn't able to capitalize off of that for the most part and they allowed the Ravens to get back into the driver's seat to get the game extended, the distance of coming back extended. And um, it was more about the Titans being a bad football team. You know, Ryan Tannehill went down, but they wasn't really cooking like that when he was on the field. The Ravens are a team that's going to have to show me more, a lot more. I don't really have a good read on them. And it's funny because I did it in the preseason. They punted that away. 
And I felt myself six games in not really understanding who the Ravens are and what the identity is and what they're trying to be. They said they wanted to be a passing team, air raid, high octane, throw the ball 6,000 yards. They're not like that right now. They're not. They're basically like the same Ravens in the sense that they are relying on the Mark Jackson's, you know, physical abilities, mobility to be able to run the football. I don't have a good read on the Ravens like that at all. And they need to piece it together. This division is in reach. And we'll see what happens with them going forward. Yeah. And um, Zach, I think I'm ready for me to get my take and bring us home here. And this is going to be a very broad take, but it's going to make sense. Now, when a mega trade goes down involving a superstar, the centerpiece of the deal, the guy that's trading, the team that's trading the superstar, nine times out of ten is winning the trade, believe it or not. And I thought about this long and hard. And the reason why I even thought about this take was the recent trade in the NBA, Damian Lillard going to the Bucks and getting traded there. And it prompted me to think about trades like this that happened in the past. Because we are trying to figure out in the future how is this going to play out? Is it going to result in the Bucks winning the championship? So I decided to do my homework and dig up trades involving mega stars both in the nfl and nba since 2019 to come up with my take and just a warning here i'm not going to mention every single trade i don't got time for that here i got places to be but i'm going to mention a few that i thought was probable for me to bring up starting with the okc thunder and them trading you know um port george to the clippers right and we'll turn for a long list of draft assets we are talking about multiple picks five first round picks and sga shay gilders alexander okay now you fast forward to today right Kawhi leonard and paul george have played a total of 142 regular season games and postseason games combined with the clippers over the last four years only right while the thunder have these boatloads of assets that they keep you know accumulating over the years and they have a star player in sga who's averaging 31.4 points per game last season you don't need me to tell you who won that trade we know who won that trade the okc thunder number two let's go to 2021 the houston rockets traded james harden to the nets as part of a four-team deal that shifted the landscape of the nba the nets sent over a three or three unprotected first round picks 2022 2024 2026 and four first round swaps 2021 2023 2025 2027 to the rockets and basically today the rockets control every nets first round pick until 2027 and at the time it didn't seem like it was going to be a loss for the nets they had kevin durant Kyrie Irving, james harden but fast forward a couple years later Durant is in Phoenix, okay? Kyrie Irving is in Dallas, and James Harden, well, let's just say he's on another franchise, giving another franchise headaches, okay? You don't need me to tell you who won that trade. The Rockets won that trade. Let's fast forward and let's move out of the NBA to go to the NFL. 2021, same year. Matter of fact, this trade happened, this mega trade happened in the NFL two weeks after that Houston trade. We're talking about Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Now, people may seem confused that I bring this up because 
the Rams won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. So didn't they win? Yes. But that doesn't mean the Lions lost either. Okay, because when you think about it, they was able to trade Matthew Stafford, one player, and basically flip that for a whole entire roster. We're talking about Jared Goff, who they revived his career. We're talking about Jameson Williams. We're talking about Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and um, Martin, one of the defensive guys that they have on the team that's making plays. And right now, they are currently 5-1 and one with an opportunity to win the division for the first time ever, the NMC North. Okay? So, that was the instance where both teams won the trade. But point being, they didn't lose the trade. Number four, and this is my, well, I got two more trades. Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos. Historical trade. Woohoo! The Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. Let's ride. Ah, now nah, we ain't riding today. We talking about a five-year, $242 million contract. The Seahawks got three first-round picks that turned into cornerback Devin Witherspoon, Charles Cross, Brian Breesey. They also got three first-round picks, a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick, Tight end Noah Font, who's a first-round pick on a rookie contract. We're talking about quarterback Drew Locke on a rookie contract. Backup Shelby Harris. And they were able to use those assets to build around a quarterback whom they revitalized his career in Geno Smith, who, by the way, was playing in the playoffs with Russell Wilson watching from home. Okay? And the Broncos ended up being worse this year than last year because they ended up having to trade for a coach to fix that mess that they put themselves in giving him a five-year 90 million dollar contract to fix russ we don't need me to tell you who won that trade the seahawks fleece the broncos and my last trade here the browns traded for deshaun watson and gave him a fully guaranteed 230 million dollar deal shortly after that trade request sexual allegations came out of nowhere okay and the texans was able to get off that okay and houston gave up three first round picks a third and a fourth fast forward to the present day and they found their quarterback of the future and cj stroud say it loud cj stroud who was on a rookie deal does the flexibility to continue to bolster this roster going forward while deshaun watson has one of the league's most expensive contracts and he hasn't played the last couple of weeks we don't need me to tell you who won that trade. The Texans fleece the Browns. So now, when we look at this current trade that just happened in the NBA, Damian Lillard going to the Bucks, I can tell you one thing, because we don't know who won the trade because we're not going to know for the next couple of years. But I can tell you one thing. Even if the Bucks win the championship, similar to Matthew Stafford winning it with the Rams, that doesn't mean the Trailblazers lost the trade. I don't see how, with the assets they accumulated, how they could lose this trade. So, yes, that's my take for 99. A trade involving a superstar. The team that's trading the superstar is likely nine times out of ten to win that trade. I think it's a really good uh, point you brought up. Like There have been a ton of these trades, especially recently, where it almost feels like the market has kind of just leveled itself out. Like Teams with stars are kind of saying to themselves like you know what we're really not trading this guy unless you give us the best return possible back and those teams making the trades they're so desperate like the broncos they're just like you know what like yeah have every like we don't care take everything like as long as we're getting our guy that's fine and i actually another one that just came to mind like rudy gobert going from uh utah to minnesota that's another good one i know 
it's only been one year, but considering uh, the amount of assets the Timberwolves gave up to make that move, that's definitely one they're regretting. One uh, question I wanted to run by you, though, like the NFL trade deadline, it's coming up. And I know usually, especially compared to the NBA and some of the big offseason and in-season deals, too, like we've seen recently, I don't know if there's necessarily a guy that we could put into that same category, especially again in season that would like get that big of a return that it would cost the team so badly like it did with the, the Browns, like it did with the Broncos. But like Kirk Cousins, that's probably the biggest name that's been come up as a guy that like might be traded, like maybe if he waves his no trade clause. Would you see that situation turning into, okay, like we really regret uh, making this move. And also the other one in the NBA I'm thinking about is Kevin Durant. Like this Suns team, they have legitimate finals aspirations. They added Bradley Beal, which that itself was a big trade. But considering they gave up Bridges and all those assets to get KD uh, last season, like could you see that working and finding itself into the same place as well? Yeah, so starting with the Kirk Cousins trade, potential trade, you know, I think that kind of history kind of answered that question because even though this wasn't a trade this was free agency you reflect back a couple years ago where Kirk Cousins was a free agent and he went to the Vikings a lot of people looked at that as the big pickup you talk about the roster they had a ready to win now roster and okay we got this guy Kirk Cousins who was looked upon as a good quarterback right he looked better when you know he came in for RG3 and they paid him all that money, $84 million. And guess what? No avail. There's no world where I see you trading anything for a guy at that age. You know, we fast forwarding now to an older Kirk Cousins that I can look at that trade automatically without even knowing what package could be in that deal and say you will win that trade. Because I don't believe he's a star quarterback in the first right. And I don't believe he can deliver based on what I saw in the big moments. So even if it's a ham sandwich trade. You're still losing valuable assets. We talked about the Jets last night in the chat privately. And we talked about all the players that they drafted in that draft class a couple years ago. Breeze Hall and Garrett Wilson. I'm talking about that class. You know, you look at the depth in that class, even the later depth, those guys matter to this team now. So a lot of people, they shun these later draft picks. Oh, it's nothing. I trade for Trey Lance. You know, I trade for Kirk Cousins. But those picks could be used to get you a valuable debt piece there's no world where i wake up and see a deal and say that's a good deal if the team that's trading for kirk cousins is getting kirk cousins yeah you know i think it would be a good deal for the vikings the niners offered um debo to the jets right like that that was a trade that almost happened for that 10th pick and they uh turned it down and just took garrett wilson instead i think uh that's moved at age pretty well yeah and i think the vikings will actually automatically unless kirk cousins go to a super bowl be the winners here because they're getting something for a guy who potentially is going to walk in free agency i think the vikings will automatically win that deal without even seeing the package and who gets him but the other trade was kevin durant i want to go back to him when you talk about the kevin durant trade from the nets to go to the suns when you look at Mikel bridges and how he has morphed into being a guy that could be a legitimate number two right now he's a number one on the nets you could have easily gave that guy more volume more touches to be able to be that side piece to Devin Booker now you're trading away viable assets for a team and, and a team that's you know trading Durant for those assets don't even control their picks on top of that because the Rockets control their picks so the Nets they already lost this trade from the trade they made with James Harden 
because now they they don't control nothing that they have. So I think if you're the Suns and you trading for a guy like Kevin Durant, I think like I said before, the idea of having Kevin Durant these days is better than actually physically having Kevin Durant because he's not a primetime player. And you allow the guy who you could have groomed to be that number two, who's more than capable, and Mikel Bridges to walk away to Brooklyn, giving them a young piece along with Cam Johnson, other guys that you traded that could have been a part of your nucleus in your team trying to go up and get towards a championship. So, yeah, I don't think the Suns won that trade. They will have to win the finals with Kevin Durant for them to win that trade. And the same thing with the Bucks, right? Like, if, if they don't win a chip with Dame, that, that trade's not going to be considered this. Oh, yeah, they have to win a championship. But I still think even if the Bucks win the trade, if the Trailblazers could use those assets along with the pieces they got to be a continuous playoff contender, then I think they could be called the winner as well because their goal in this trade of trading Dane was not to win a championship. Their goal was to formulate enough assets to be a future contender in the playoffs, right? More get up to the future. So they're not worried about right now. So what the Bucks do right now doesn't affect them right now. So it's all about what they're trying to accomplish. And if they're able to accomplish that by grooming these guys to become stars and surrounding these stars that they already got with more guys that could groom to be stars, then I don't think they lose this trade whether or not the Bucks win the championship or not. Absolutely. I agree. And ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another episode of 99 Pod. And Zach, as always, I'm looking forward to the next show that we do. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, we've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.